You're listening to Vet Candy. Mental health is a topic near and dear to my heart. I've seen so many people, good people, suffer. While I've been open from the start about being an advocate, I've never publicly shared my own story. I've gone back and forth with myself whether I want to share my story or not. While I'm not ashamed per se, it's a deeply personal story and it's my story. Will it change how people see me? Will I lose followers or friends? Will it give me some kind of freedom? Like I said, I don't usually introduce myself as, Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. I'm a comedian with Vet Candy. You may know me as the desk wench from TikTok. I'm passionate about veterinary medicine and, oh yeah, I used to cut myself when I was sad. It's so much more than that. I've always been a people pleaser. I want you to like me. When someone didn't like me, I would take it personally and blame myself. When a group of people didn't like me, I'd simply accept it as fact that I am the problem. At the risk of sounding sexist, you can only imagine that this is a problem when you work in a veterinary practice with all women. I didn't always work where I do now. I actually started at another clinic and spent eight years there. I spent many years in a toxic work environment where I was treated often unkindly. I won't say names or places. I don't believe they're bad people at their core. Now that I'm healthy, I can see that they're just people. How I wish I understood that then. Things weren't always bad at that job. And I still believe that several of the people I worked with and for are amazing professionals. They taught me a lot. I thought the world of them and I made it my life's goal to please them. At first, I was accepted and felt truly appreciated and even loved. All that changed when a new hire came on board. You know how there's always the odd man out? That's me. I was no longer invited out on the weekends. I wasn't invited to lunch. I was ignored and gaslighted. My job meant so much to me because I truly care about animals and the people that love them. The people I worked with though, it appeared we didn't share the same values. They had a pack mentality and I was the little sick one that got eaten by the lions. Before COVID and especially here in the deep South, telemed wasn't really a thing in my area and there was a huge stigma surrounding mental health. Only crazy people and serial killers need to go to the shrink. After all, what did I possibly have to be sad about? We're getting better about understanding the reality of mental health care, but some places still have a long way to go. I personally believe that every person needs to see a mental health specialist. I've spent many years dealing with depression and anxiety for reasons unrelated to vet med. I guess I'm just fragile. As well as crazy hormonal issues. I finally reached out to a mental health professional, but ultimately I could not keep my appointments because of my work schedule and their unwillingness to work with my doctor's schedule. Because I don't have children and my social game is weak, I drew the short straw and got to close the office by myself every night. Anyone who's ever been in a dark place knows that being alone with your thoughts is dangerous. I was alone, both literally and figuratively. Over the next few years, I would see a professional when I could, but it was not regular like it needed to be. The few times I was able to see my doctor, I was prescribed several different medications to aid with depression and anxiety. These medications made me sleepy and out of it, and they really affected my work. 
I was pulled aside several times and told that I just wasn't as good as I used to be. I decided to give it 110% and be better than ever and ended up only doing worse. I was given impossible tasks and set up to get in trouble. We now call this quiet firing. After being told to make sure to wear makeup at the front desk, I realized that I was an absolute wreck and I could no longer perform the job that I once treasured. But why didn't I just quit? So many reasons. I'll spare you the details, but basically I needed my job. I hated my job. I hated my life. I hated myself. I hated myself so much that I went back to hurting myself, something I hadn't done since college. It was quick and drug-free. When the weight of my dysmorphia would come down on me, off to the restroom I would go with a pair of scissors in my pocket. I could cut, cry, feel the release, bleed, clean myself up, and go back to work. It started out as a rare thing. I only did it when I felt like I truly deserved it, but gradually it became an almost daily event. Nobody knew. I hid it well. I did not see a problem with what I was doing because I was only hurting myself and I hardly counted as a human. I would cut at home and my little dog Panzer would try to stop me. He would attack the knife I was using with all nine pounds of his strength, but he would bite me and realize, wait, that's my mom. I'm trying to protect her. Why is she hurting herself? The confusion in his precious face upset me more than anything. I decided I couldn't cut in front of him anymore. I didn't know what else to do. I had tried to see a mental health professional. Couldn't leave on time, much less make it there before her office closed. I had tried prescription medications. They made me too sleepy to function. I tried to help myself. At last, I broke down and told my manager the truth. I was cutting myself in the bathroom. Nothing changed. In fact, suddenly, everyone stopped talking to me. I was a burden. I was annoying. I was sick all the time. I couldn't do it anymore. There was no relief. I knew what I had to do. I remember a cat who used to board with us. Her name was Snowball Martin. She was old and cranky and thin, but her people loved her so much. She was a sickly old girl and had to be kept on several medications just to keep her going. To all of us at the clinic, it was obvious that euthanasia would be a kind option, but her people could not see that. I was Snowball Martin. I wasn't going to get better. My family and husband and animals loved me and wouldn't let me go. I had to set them free and give them the option of a better life. My husband could find another woman who would make him happy. My parents wouldn't be burdened with my constant crying and complaining. My animals could have new homes where they were treasured and cared for better than I could care for them. Everyone would go on and be happy. After all, I was just a dark cloud. Uh, Side note, that's the name of a badass video game. Who wouldn't be missed? For a little while, they'd miss me, sure, but I felt like I was doing the first unselfish thing in my life. I was going to kill myself. I woke up that morning and left for work. I noticed a snapdragon flower I had potted was dying. Me too, little friend, I said as I got in my car and went to work. Another day as always, but I knew it was my last day. I had lunch with my friend and told her everything. Cassie is a beautiful human being and has always been there for me. She is always there to listen to me and give me support. I've never known a stronger, more amazing woman. I ordered a big ass burger. Hey, if it's gonna be my last meal, it might as well be a good one. I told her my plan and 
asked that she give everyone the notes I had written them. I had a little notebook that I wrote letters to everyone in, and I apologized for everything I'd done. I told her that I loved her, and I thanked her for trying to save me. It meant more than she could ever know. She looked me in the eyes and asked me to let her take me to the hospital. I wasn't interested until she said, I don't want to live in a world without you in it. And for some reason, I decided I would give it a try. Why not? The alternative was dying. At least this way I could say I tried literally everything. And I'm so grateful I did. I didn't much care for the grippy sock vacation though. I missed home, I missed my husband, I missed my family, I missed my animals. When you're hospitalized, you cannot have any electronics and there are set times that you're allowed to use the phone. I was completely cut off with nothing to do but work on myself and find a reason to live. I had the free trial of death and I decided not to subscribe. I was allowed to have books and pictures in my room. Smiling faces of my husband and I, my dogs dressed in their Christmas sweaters. As I put these pictures up against the barred windows, I realized I did have a reason to live. They are my reason to live. I put in the work, I talked to other people and counselors and realized just how not alone I really was. They also fixed my medications. I wanted to go home to the people and the animals that I love so much. I wanted my husband, I wanted my mom. I wanted to be with the ones that truly mattered. Those bitches at work, they weren't such an important part of my life after all. A few days later, I came home to a perky snapdragon. I see you made it out alive too. I quickly found a new job and began an entirely new life. I have friends, I have opportunities I've only ever dreamed of. I love my job again. I'm doing what I was meant to do. I'm helping animals and the people that love them. It's been almost five years since the last time I hurt myself. I still struggle occasionally. I see a mental health provider via telehealth every few weeks and stay on top of it. I have not seriously wanted to die since leaving that toxic environment. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I survived. And I'm not alone. Our profession is full of people, like me, who can benefit from mental health care. It's not something to be ashamed of. You're not broken. You're not bad. You're human. We all need help sometimes, and that's okay. I love you. I'm proud of you. I don't want to live in a world without you in it. Hi, I'm Caitlin Palmer. Thanks for joining me today. This is the Desk Winch Confessions. Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I'm Caitlin Palmer, AKA the Desk Winch. A desk winch is a profession very similar to a veterinary receptionist, only better. We deal with not only fractious felines and cranky canines, oh no. We overcome their human equivalents as well, Karens and Chads. On my show, we validate vets and their support staff, as well as any of you other amazing, beautiful folks listening. Now let me introduce you to today's guest. It's no secret that there's a mental health crisis among veterinary professionals. We're at an increased risk for burnout, depression, anxiety, and suicide. This may be a hard conversation for some of us. After all, who likes to admit that something's wrong with them? It can be tough, but it's an important conversation to have. And I am so happy that you, the listener, are here. Let's destigmatize the stigma. Here to shed some light on this kind of grim topic 
is the amazing Maggie Rose. After coping with the death of a close friend to suicide, Maggie Rose had a shift in her studies to psychology and began sculpting her passion for suicide prevention in the form of mental health awareness and education. This led her to found Reborn Mental Health, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that launched and developed community and school-based programs, along with awareness campaigns. Through the changes in social norms and the increased need for low-cost, easily accessible mental health services, Maggie Rose began working with lead developers to create an app in the midst of a global pandemic that offers access to over 25 different specialty services to users across the nation. Additional to beginning this endeavor, she continued her studies through a certificate from Wharton Business School in entrepreneurship. She remains determined to impact the lives of those struggling and inspire the lives of those in need. Through this venture, Zant was born. Maggie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Caitlin. It's such a pleasure. Well, I am so thankful to have you here. And since we're all here because we love animals, what could you tell us a little bit about your personal pet? I know you have a really cute kitty cat. Yes, I do. Yeah, absolutely. So um, her name is BB. Um, I refer to her as BB girl all the time, but I love my BB girl. So during COVID, uh, my partner and I, my partner was dealing with a lot of depression and anxiety and she wanted to get an animal and had her heart set on a very specific type of cat that was a purebred and just like this golden cat kind of idea for, you know, kind of more of that emotional stress animal. So we went to a shelter and as she was really looking around trying to find the perfect cat, I saw this little cat that was in a cage that was just in the corner and she barely had hair on her. You could tell that she was really struggling. And so I asked to pick her up and she ended up immediately just curling right into my shoulder and just like gripped onto me. And it honestly, it was the most heartbreaking thing I think I've ever experienced. My partner at the time, she didn't want that cat. She didn't want to go home with that cat. It was gross. It was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself how sad that was and heartbreaking that was. And so we left. Uh, I was really upset. I just started crying. And she said, all right, turn around and go get the cat. So I turned around and I knocked back on the door and they had just closed for the day. And I said, can I please adopt that cat? And so they said, you know what, come back tomorrow. We'll have her all ready for you. But it ended up being a long journey for us because when we got the cat, she you know, she had a lot of issues. She, uh, first off, her hair was gone. They told us it was for one reason, ended up being that she was horribly allergic to being dipped into this flea bath that just burned her skin. It's so sad. She had a lot of intestinal issues. I think, honestly, a lot of it was because her skin and her body were just like reacting to each other and her immune system was so low and so bad. And uh, she had so many issues. And so basically she became kind of like, I don't have kids, but what I would assume would be my baby because I had to really nurture her and take care of her and feed her a very specific way and make sure to help her kind of grow her fur back while everybody else around us, including our vet, was saying that that was just not going to happen. They were saying this cat has six months to live. And so it was every single day I was terrified that this cat was just going to drop over. And long story short, she didn't. So she's beautiful. And she just, she is so bonded to me in a way where if I'm sad or if like, for example, if my stomach hurts or something like that, she just knows 
and she just curls up with me and she'll just love on me. So I love my BB girl. So she's, she's my, she's my number one. I go home to her every day. (laughs) I've just seen a picture of her and I love her. Animals are so amazing. Like they know, they just know when you need them, you know? So tell us a little bit more about you and and how you became such an advocate for mental health. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my story really begins about six and a half years ago. It's actually going to be seven years this January. I was a young person, very ambitious, very energetic, very, you know, always on the move. I was working in Manhattan full time, nothing fancy. I was a server. I was going to say, that sounds really cool. (laughs) Even a server in Manhattan? Like, okay. <laughs> it was a great, it was honestly a really great time in my life leading up until this point where I was financially independent on my own since the time I was 18 years old. Um, that was not by choice. And so I knew I had to work in order to go to school. And the dreams I had for going to, you know, a larger university were just out the window at this point because I personally couldn't afford it. My family couldn't afford it. So I was working on the Upper East Side and I was working to pay for school to go to a community college, which is where I started my career. And thankfully, I've had other opportunities to further my education since then. But at the time, that was kind of the background. I was a young person who also graduated high school a year early, a very ambitious person, wanted to focus on being a prosecutor, thought that that was the route for me. And all of a sudden, one day I'm working, my apron uh, is vibrating. My phone kept going off. And I ended up getting the worst phone call of my life, which was that a very close friend of mine had passed away from suicide. I actually, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember having my first panic attack and running outside into the street and I couldn't breathe. And I was like hanging over myself and I just, I could not breathe. I was trying to catch my breath. My manager came out and said, what's going on? And um, I showed him the text message and because I had phone calls and I had texts coming in and he said, you need to go. So I left, but where do you go at that point? Yeah. You could go home, but so I didn't really know exactly what to do. And my commute was not short. I had to go several blocks down to the subway, take the subway over to the train, take the train over to my car, and then take my car right home. So it was a, a long commute to really be dealing with something so emotional. And I immediately went into this denial where I just did not believe that this had happened. I did not believe that my friend was dead. And I kept calling his phone thinking he would answer. And I think that was one of the most heartbreaking points for me was when he never answered. So I had this really hard time dealing with his death. And it really took until his funeral that I realized this is not a cruel joke. This actually happened. He's not coming back. But as a young person, I didn't just all of a sudden say, oh, you know, I'm going to build this and it's going to help a lot of people. It was, uh, you know, it was a very long journey. I ended up realizing I was just losing myself. I had a full length mirror in my uh, room. And I know anybody listening, you can't see me, but I have very long blonde hair. And um, I had gone through this crazy stage where I was in this denial, just completely losing myself. And I had cut my hair, not super, super short, but super short for me, which was like right down to kind of like the bottom of my neck, like right to my shoulders. And I remember looking at myself like, I don't even know who you are. Like what in the world? And I just remember feeling so hopeless and as if I had 
nowhere to go, nobody to turn to. There was a huge stigma. You know, we're in the New Jersey, New York City area. We're talking about mental health more than ever before, this side of the coast, other side of the coast. But there's still a lot of states in this country that are just not there. They're not talking about mental health like we are. And so I'm thankful to be in an area where we are talking about it. At the time, however, you know, almost seven years ago, we just weren't talking about it. There was a huge stigma around going to see somebody, especially a therapist, Um, You know, if you went to see a therapist, you were crazy. Something was wrong with you. The truth of the matter is something was wrong with me. I wasn't okay. And so I went to Google. I endlessly searched on Google to try to find somebody. I probably contacted 50 or 60 different people. And very, very long story short, because this could go down a bunch of different avenues, I finally had one person. Um, And it sounds cliche to say that, you know, that one person, but it really was. I had one person who responded and said, Maggie, come in for a free consultation and let me see if I can help you. So that led to me eventually going to this session and crying my eyes out, feeling like, okay, I found something that could help me. At the end of the session, he said, I'm $150 a session. I don't use insurance. I do want to see you every week if we work together. And in my head, I felt one, taken advantage of because I was this young person who clearly couldn't afford that. And two, I felt almost blindsided by it because I, you know, to offer a free session and then say, you know, it's going to be $600 a month to keep seeing me. It it felt blindsiding. And I, I left, I was very upset. He actually called me back and I will never forget sitting there thinking, do I want to pick up the phone or not? And there was this thing that said, what is he going to say to me? So I had to pick up the phone. I'm glad I did because when I did, he said, Maggie, listen, forget the money. He said, how's $10 every time you come in? It changed my life. And truthfully, I think it really saved my life because I realized my pain throughout that coping process with a professional was turning into passion. And that passion was leading me down a different route. And I had mentioned earlier, I had the opportunity to extend my education. Well, that was by going to a four-year school. I had a scholarship to go there, which helped me financially. And I studied psychology with a minor in business. I felt like I was finally in a place that I needed to be, but I had so many young people around me who were struggling. And I remember feeling the sense of urgency to do something, but I had no idea what to do. I was years away from a degree. Wow. That led me down the road of nonprofit work, advocacy work, eventually founding a nonprofit. And the nonprofit, uh, the whole mission behind the nonprofit was to actually give people the same opportunity I had, which was therapy and life coaching at $10 a session. We work with two major high schools. We were a referral program. And then years later, we ran that for about three years. Uh, And then all of a sudden, COVID hit. And everything changed for everybody. We realized eventually we had to pivot. We We were in higher demand than ever before. We had people finding us online that we thought we didn't have as much visibility as we ended up having. And we had people searching for us, finding out $10 a session, is this real? Um, contacting us saying that they needed help or their son or their daughter, you know, needed support. And we unfortunately had to say we're all booked up. So that was really heartbreaking. And it led to us pivoting to now create Zant. So today, Zant is a mobile app. Now we are on iOS only as of right now. However, we're coming to Android this winter. So we'll be on both Android and uh, iOS devices. We offer over 25 categories of support. Through that time where we pivoted, we realized, okay, we need to do a lot of research. People were changing. The way that they were talking about mental health was changing, especially through COVID, coming out of COVID. And so we learned a lot and we realized, you know, when you hurt your back, you go to the doctor and your primary care can talk about a plethora of topics because they're your primary care. 
And when you go to your follow-up sessions and you find out that that pain persists, what happens? They send you immediately to a specialist. How could we branch the bridge between the person in need who can identify, I need help with stress management. I'm dealing with burnout. I'm dealing with trauma. I'm dealing with addiction and recovery. How can we help that person actually get to a specialist that would be affordable and accessible that would offer free first sessions so that that individual in need could really find the right fit without losing time or money? And same thing for a provider because Provider and client fit is really important. So we ended up building Xant in a way where we have 25 different categories of support. And those are actually 25 different specialty areas. So our providers are not just general therapists, even though, again, I saw a general therapist. I still see them to this day. You know, it's absolutely wonderful. However, there's so many people now who are acknowledging, especially with trauma, you know, I need support. I need to talk to somebody. And they don't know where to go, how to find that person without endlessly Google searching. And how do you even know how to use the right keywords? We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for $0 to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch. Just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS app store today. I know when I went, it was like you had said, I have this problem. I need to talk to somebody okay, that's going to be $250. And I'm like, well, I can't afford that. And down here, and, and I know, like you said, you're in, in New Jersey, New York. I'm in South Mississippi. You don't talk about, you got something wrong with you. You just don't talk about it. <laughs> you know, you don't talk exactly. about it. It's a secret. It's this dark thing. But I mean, that it's it's so true. And like you said, finding a therapist that is or a mental health professional that's right for you, that's so important. Because if you don't get along, you can't open up to this person, you're not going to get help. Yeah, exactly. And what we did is we realized, you know, since COVID, so many people are used to using different tags and kind of choosing different things that, you know, might associate with their life. And so we made it really simple. You know, you go to other people in the space and again, therapy is wonderful and therapy can really help you actually find out, hey, which specialist do I really need to see as an ongoing basis? Because there are people who say, well, the goal of therapy is to go to therapy until you don't have to go anymore. And the truth of the matter is that, therapy, mental health professionals, working with providers, having a mental health professional in your life forever is something that is really good. And I think is very highly needed and underrated today because you need to have that person to talk to, even if you're having a great week or a great day. And I think, you know, that's the best part too about my relationship with my therapist is I can hop on a session and say, actually, I had a really great week and just talk to him about my great week. It doesn't always have to be something bad happening or, you know, going through a tragedy, even though, of course, once you're going through those things, a lot of the times that's what pulls us to find support. When it comes to Zant specifically, our providers, they have these several different specialty avenues or they focus specifically on those areas for, but we have two rates, which is what makes it really affordable. And we made sure that we focused on these rates. We had people who said it would be impossible 
to find providers who are willing to work at these rates. But for students, it's $25 a session. For non-students and especially busy professionals like veterinarians, you know, for those individuals, it's very low cost. Our cap is $100 a session, which is still a lot to some people, which is why our average right now is $40 to $65 a session. And every first session is free. And so when we're talking about you know, kind of going into the avenue of veterinarians specifically, you know, we're seeing really high suicide rates amongst the profession. We're seeing they're on call. They need support. They need availability. That's after five o'clock. They need somebody to talk to when they need to talk to them and getting that first step and, and kind of breaking through that self boundary that we put saying, you know, we're, we need to keep working. We're going to be fine. Well, the truth is that one day you wake up and when you realize you're not fine, it very well could be too late. Yes, absolutely. And you're just not fine. You need to talk to somebody. So where do you go? You go to so many other apps on the market. You go online. They have paywalls that you have to get through. They have lengthy surveys that you have to get through just to find out that they might be able to match you with somebody. And maybe you don't like that person. Those intimidate me. After I see that, after like the third thing, I'm like, never mind. I'm okay. I don't need this. It's a huge roadblock. And so I think when we're looking at statistics right now in the US, one in six veterinarians contemplate suicide. And it's something that a lot of people don't associate these feelings or these experiences with professions. And so I think, you know, with your background and with so many different veterinarians who are struggling, we also wanted to identify and acknowledge those professions and be able to say, we have support for you after five o'clock if you need it. You can book a session in three seconds. It does not take you longer than that to go boom, 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 and you're scheduled. You know, you can be talking to somebody same day in the evening after work or when you have a second between breaks or when you have a break and you're on call and you're just waiting for that phone to ring. You know, you have the chance to talk to somebody, whether it's for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, and really get the support you need. So, you know, with you sharing your story, Caitlin, honestly, I can't applaud you enough for being so vulnerable and thank you enough for being so vulnerable because people need to hear these stories. There are too many people out there who can relate to this. And that's why, for us at least, we created Zant. And we're very mission-focused. We're not like many other companies that they're goal-oriented around different aspects. We keep human involved. We are mission-focused. We come from a nonprofit background. You know, we are here for people. With Zant, it is also, even though BB Girl is my baby number one, uh, Zant is also my baby. And it's something that I'm personally proud of our team. We're so proud. But, you know, the conversation around suicide, the conversation around needing support, you sharing your story, you know, it brings light to the fact that this this is happening to a lot of people. It is. And, you know, it's so, because for so many years, I didn't talk about it. You know, it was my, my husband and I were huge nerds. And I was like, it's my dark secret past, you know, like no one can find out. And you know, with the few times prior to now that I have opened up to people, it's, oh, you know, my granddaughter used to cut herself or, you know, I actually used to cut myself too, or I know somebody or, oh, I've heard of that. It it opens up this conversation for, you're not a freak. It's a coping mechanism and you need help and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to support, there's this ongoing need for conversation like this, like we're having today to break through that stigma. 
I can't emphasize enough that there are still so many states, you even mentioned it yourself, there are so many states who just do not have the support that we have here in New York and New Jersey. And there's so many states that it, it you just don't talk about it. We recently actually brought on a new investor to our team who is from Wisconsin. And she had said, you know, Maggie, she said, this is so interesting because obviously you see big advertisements for some apps that are out there that exist, but there's still a stigma now about even using those apps. And for small towns like where I live, talking about her specifically, she said, you know, it's really something that we just don't talk about. Even in Wisconsin specifically, again, kind of throwing out some statistics, 2.2 million people in Wisconsin cannot access support as of today. And that's a statistic done by NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness. And so, you know, there's a huge need for support. There's a huge need for conversation around it. Breaking the stigma, I feel like in these areas, we hear some groups talking about still breaking the stigma. Some people are like, hey, no, we're really talking about mental health. But the truth is, again, those states are not talking about mental health. They're not breaking the stigma. They don't have people to advocate for them. They are hiding their dark self, right? Or that second side of themselves, like you had mentioned, because they don't feel comfortable talking about it. And the truth of the matter is it's not a comfortable topic. It should never be a comfortable topic. You know, it should never be a comfortable topic to say, you know, I'm hurting, right? Because the moment you get comfortable with it, now you're comfortable hurting. And the truth is we need to have a little bit of uncomfort to say we need support, we need help, but we need to be able to feel comfortable talking to other people about it. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Julio Alonso. Do you want to keep up with everything VetMed? Then check out my show on Vet Candy TV. We talk about clinical updates, science news, plus some of the coolest people in our profession. Stream at MyVetCandy 24-7 on YouTube, iTunes, and most other video platforms. I actually made a, made a point to tell... Like my my boss and my coworkers, I've let them read my story because I decided, you know, I really don't want the first time you hearing about this side of me being on my on a podcast. You know what I mean? So right. it's like I'd like you to hear it from me. And if you have questions for for me about you know what I went through, how I my coping mechanisms I chose, and it was so freeing because prior to that, I mean, you know, I at my old job, I told them, hey. I'm hurting. I'm doing this. They just stopped talking to me. It was just, there was no help. It was stay away from her. She's weird. And the more I understand now, and like I said, it's been like five years since I've hurt myself. I'm in a so much of a better place now. And I don't know if it's partially because as veterinary professionals, we're caregivers. So we put so much into, I have to take care of this animal. I have to talk to this person. I have to, it's a very emotional job. It really, truly is. I mean, you see the best of people. You see the worst of people. You've got a new puppy right after a euthanasia. I mean, it's just, it's so much back and forth. I think it just makes sense that sometimes we need to talk to somebody. Absolutely. I mean, I think, especially in that profession, like you just said, you're going from one really happy thing to run one really sad thing. And you guys are working in a profession where it is about caregiving. 
So how can you not care about the things that you're doing? And how can you not have so much emotion surrounding everything that you're doing from that sad thing to that happy thing? We need to be able to talk about it. And for us at Zant, being able to partner with Vet Candy, being able to work with Vet Candy and, and being able to even be on this podcast today, it allows us to bring awareness to what we're doing so that somebody who might be in a similar situation as yourself, who can't go to her coworkers, who can't go to her friends and family, who says, I have no outlet. We are an outlet. We want to be that outlet for you. You're not alone. And listen, all my vet people... I was so scared to leave my toxic job because I thought I'm never going to find another job. I found another job almost right away. (laughs) I don't know a vet clinic right now that's not hiring. Your unicorn clinic is out there. Veterinary medicine is amazing and you're needed, but it's also okay to walk away if it's not right for you anymore. But I love it. And it's what I want. It's where I belong, I think. So I know you had also mentioned that there's a wide variety of resources to to people. Could you give us some examples? Like I know one on the website is the LGBTQ community. Could you kind of give us some some examples of, of specialty type things? Oh, yeah. Actually, I can also kind of go into you know, some of the statistics on our app that make us so unique and something we're so proud of. When we were growing, you know, our network of providers and we were really reaching out to people saying, you know, would you be able to work at these rates? Would you be willing to come on and help people and service people in this way, in this capacity? We did not realize until later down the road that one group in particular that we were actually directly impacting was the BIPOC community we saw that there actually are so many people, unfortunately, and it's something that too, you know, we need to talk more about. We're hearing people talk about it, but they're not really talking about it in the mental health profession. There is a huge issue today in the mental health profession with the BIPOC community specifically, just having the same opportunities as other mental health professionals. I actually had a conversation with somebody one time who it really caught me off guard. And it just, again, ignited that passion for me. I had a conversation with somebody who said, he basically painted a picture of the providers that we were working with. And you could tell that he had, you know, a certain bias to one community versus the other. And he, in short, was saying that one group of providers couldn't be as educated as another group of providers. And my reaction was very well-maintained, but also somewhat you know, explosive because I was really upset to hear that. And it was really alarming to see that people think that way. And so 80% of our providers today are actually within the BIPOC community. And we have a large group as well who are in the LGBT plus community, which is wonderful because it helps to add that relatability. You know, when it comes to the LGBT community specifically, I myself identify, you know, within that community. And so as a leader you know, who is also LGBT focused and in the LGBT community myself and our team is, you know, uh, LGBT led. We know that there's a lot of statistics that are alarming right now, especially with transgender youth, 40% of transgender people attempt suicide four times more uh, than the average individual. And we see that suicide amongst LGBT youth who are actually in the BIPOC community is seven to 13 times higher than in other communities. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. There is a huge need for support and relatability with your professional is huge. You know, when you're talking about finding that right fit, you want to know that you have certain areas of your life, maybe, that you can relate to your professional because 
how else can they really service you best if they don't know some of the struggles that you might have been through? So we were really focused on breaking a lot of stigmas, breaking a lot of barriers, being able to really give opportunity to everybody and bring high quality providers onto our app. So when it comes to the services we offer, we ask two questions. The first question we ask you is, what are you currently experiencing? And some of these different areas could be stress, burnout. It could be uh, school leadership. It could be a profession uh, such as veterinarian. Then we ask you a second question, which is what area of your life are you experiencing this? So we want to know exactly what area is this? Is it within, let's say, sexuality was what you're experiencing? You're experiencing, you know, something with your sexuality. This is within, let's say, the BIPOC community or the LGBT community. Is it that you're experiencing stress and burnout due to leadership? You know, we want to narrow that down with only two questions. We don't want to build those lengthy surveys. We don't want you to fill out 17 different questions to finally get in. So, you know, we ask you those two questions and we made sure to be very, very inclusive because as, again, somebody who myself, I'm in the LGBT community, I know for me, my preference, and this doesn't mean that anybody else who doesn't focus on certain things is, you know, bad, but I want to know that the professional I'm working with is well-versed and has worked with somebody or at least a group of people in the LGBT community. And that's just because I want to talk about certain things. I have a wonderful relationship right now. And even though it's wonderful, I still want to talk about things. And I don't want to feel uncomfortable talking to my professional about that. Mm -hmm. You know, even with some other topics that we have on the app, first off, trauma is huge. So we're seeing a lot of people looking for trauma specialists. And we also are seeing a lot of people looking for substance and recovery coaches. And out of those, it makes a lot of sense. Right now, within that LGBT community, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexuals are actually two times more likely to suffer from substance abuse uh, than anybody else. So than other communities specifically. So for us to have a place for people who say, either I know what I'm struggling with, I might know what I'm struggling with, or I'm curious, these three individuals can now find support by choosing the right tags for them. And if that is in the BIPOC community or in the LGBT plus community, you have a place to go that you can feel safe in. Absolutely. And that relatability to, because this is somebody, I kind of joke you, because that's how I deal with things is with humor, you know. You know, I say that my my doctor, I'm like, she's my my best friend that I pay to, to tell all my secrets to, you know. But it's it's so true, though. You have to, I mean, this is someone, you, they can't help you if you don't open up to them, and you're not going to open up to them unless you're comfortable. I mean, that's so important. Like, she and I get along so great. I love her. Like, shout out to Dr. Green. She's amazing. But, I mean, it it helps, you know, like she, she also likes cats. I too like cats. And it's, you know, like I can tell her these are my problems. And and a lot of people that are kind of on the fence about starting your mental health journey, it's, oh, they're going to think I'm a freak. No, they're not. They're they're not. I promise you they're not. That is someone who knows what they're talking about. It can help you. It's so important. And I, it breaks my heart to, to hear people that are struggling, especially in veterinary. You know, you think about it, veterinarians, technicians, these are like type A++ personalities. They've always been the best. You know, they have good grades. They're smart. They're all these things. So failure is twice as bad as it is for someone like me, who's just kind of like, whoops, (laughs) I messed that up. (laughs) But, you know, for, for some people, that's 
awful. No, absolutely. I mean, I know I keep kind of hitting you with some facts and some statistics. I'm a big statistic nerd. Yeah, actually, according to Spring Branch Veterinarian Hospital, people who work in vet med are actually 3.5 times more likely to die of suicide than the average person. So there's a really big need in this community. And the truth is that not only do we need to talk about it and bring awareness to it, but we need to bring solutions, you know, to those who are struggling. And I hope that for anybody listening, you know, this is not supposed to be salesy or adsy. This is just the truth. You know, we built something that we know is helping people today that we want to keep helping people. We want to be able to offer a place. It's literally $0 to access free first session. We made it so simple to just get in the door. So if you're questioning, curious, or if you know that you're struggling and you're silently suffering, you know, you can download Xan today in the app store. And if you're a person who is an Android user who needs support today, we also have a different approach off the app that we can help you with to get you situated with somebody who can help you. So feel free to email us at support at Xan.app to do so. But, you know, when it comes to veterinarian specifically, we know the statistics. We see the statistics. We see them on the rise, unfortunately. We know that people need help. We are here to help. And that's our big mission. We're going to roll up our sleeves and be here for you and keep the doors open so that you can get help at any time that you need. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Hey, this is Dr. Quincy Hawley, and I'm here to tell you about a new show. It's Vet Candy Rounds with the Hawleys. That's right, Dr. Tierra, the love of my life, and I have teamed up to bring you the most fascinating cases in the world. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, or a podcast platform of your choice, only on Vet Candy Radio. God, and we're so, so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm like, where were y'all five years ago? I'm just kidding. <laughs> but can you kind of give us an idea? When is when is the right time to seek help? Like, should there be a, oh, snap moment when you realize, oh, I need, it's time. I need to find a mental health provider because there's healthy stress and then there's not healthy stress. For sure. You know, I think that healthy stress is still something that should be talked about. Like I said earlier, even if you're dealing, even if you have a wonderful life and you're so happy all the time, which is not really (laughs) reality, but let's say that you are, you know, still talking to somebody and sharing your day. This is a person who is literally here to listen to you and to support you. So you always know that you have support no matter what. Even if something happens in your personal life, you have support. Um, I would say that there's also personalities behind that question. So if you're the type of person who likes to be precautionary, who's also just curious to see, you know, am I, is my stress level? I mean, I manage it, but is it really good for me? You know, if you're questioning that in your life, it's a good time to talk to somebody. And again, there's no shame around talking to somebody. But at the same time, the reality of it is that most people wait until they snap and they wait until they break and they wait until they literally feel that there's absolutely nowhere else to go until they get support. Oh, sure. Yeah. We don't want you to get there to get support. We want to be here before you get there. However, 
if you do find yourself in a place where you're listening to this and maybe you're questioning, maybe you know that you've been struggling, we have over 25 categories of support. You don't have to go Google searching different keywords from trauma, eating disorders, addiction recovery. You don't have to go search those keywords to try to find somebody. You can come to our app. Again, it's it's literally free to use, free for your first session. You can search through all those categories and you can find somebody who might be the right fit. So if you're looking again to be precautionary about it, jump on and just look. Again, it doesn't cost you anything. So just searching, you can actually favorite providers on the app as well. So if you just want to take a look and say, well, maybe if I am dealing with something, maybe I'd go to this person, favorite them, message them, get to know them. There you go. Have it in your back pocket. It's just good so that, and one of our biggest goals is to have our app downloaded on as many phones as possible because when something happens, where do you go? If you train yourself to know, I have an app on my phone that I can go to right now and book a session, we have same day and same week availability. So at any time you need support, you can get it. That's amazing. Oh my God. I love that so, so, so much. Can we briefly talk, and and I, I feel like I ask all my guests this, but I l- really like hearing different people, their explanations. We hear about burnout. Can you kind of explain to you what what is burnout and compassion fatigue? Like, what does that mean? Oh, my goodness. That is such a great question. And I myself have experienced both. First off, compassion fatigue is something that we're hearing people talk about more. um, But it's still, again, something that a lot of people don't know what that exactly is. And in the veterinarian community, it's really huge. So compassion fatigue, you're constantly, constantly helping other people and trying to be a resource to other people. And again, leading with that emotion. And when we look at compassion fatigue, by definition, technically speaking, compassion fatigue is a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion, just leading to diminished ability to empathize or feel compassion for other people. And when we simplify that, the truth is you have literally poured your cup so much, so heavy of giving people so much compassion that you are now having trouble giving more. And so compassion fatigue is something that truthfully taking a day to focus on your self-care and self-care is such a funny term because not everybody can go to the spa. Not everybody can go get their nails done. That's not what that is always, right? Self-care is taking your dogs on a walk, taking the day to just wake up when you want to wake up, take your animals out, whatever kind of pet you have, just love them up, watch a movie, curl up on your couch, watch movies all day long, be lazy or go out and have fun, go shopping, whatever can help you feel, you know, a little bit back to yourself and away from work is going to help you during that time. If you're feeling like you just can't give anybody else the same compassion you've been giving, you're just overpouring yourself, right? So there's compassion fatigue. The best advice I have when it comes to burnout. So burnout is a topic that obviously big, big topic right now. A lot of people are identifying it. So much so actually that you can now go to your doctor and get a doctor's note for burnout from your work uh, because it's now become identified as a form of a mental health issue. Where was that five years ago? Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, when we look at burnout, you know, we're talking about feeling exhausted. We're talking about feeling constantly swamped. We're talking about feeling so overwhelmed by everything with work where all of a sudden you just can't think of anything else to do. I have experienced burnout. Everybody experiences burnout differently. 
to share my personal kind of story when it comes to burnout, um, I started realizing that I was completely burnt out in two different ways in my life. There's one way where I'll work so much and I'll work 12-hour days and I'll just keep working and working and working and working and I'll feel good about it a little bit. You know, I feel kind of like, okay, I'm getting a lot done or I have my new routine. I'm going home. Maybe I have a dinner break, but then I'm working again. All of a sudden, I get to a point where I just can't think of anything when it comes to work. I can't make decisions. I'm foggy. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And any question somebody asks me, I won't have an answer for without running myself in circles 10 times. Oh my God. You just worded that so perfectly because I'll do that too. I'll be like, go, 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 go. And then I'm done and I just can't. And it's frustrating, right? Because then you're like, why was I so good a day ago? And now I'm so not good. That's one area of burnout. There's another area of burnout that also likes to combine a little uh, anxiety in the mix. And I've also experienced that type of burnout, which is when you are just working, working, working. You're telling yourself, it's okay. I'm doing my thing. You're telling yourself you're fine. Constantly, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. And then you just break down and you just start crying or you have an anxiety attack. Yeah. These are two of the many different types of burnout that we see. And the truth is that when you are burnt out, stop what you're doing. I don't care if you are in the middle of a shift. You stop what you are doing. You are now at a breaking point with your mental health. You need to excuse yourself. You need to do what you need to do and take a day to yourself to just break down, whether that's, again, sitting on the couch all day, watching sad movies, maybe crying your eyes out, do what you need to do to just take that day. And I promise you, you will feel so much better the next day. Your body and your brain are exhausted. You need to take time for yourself. Otherwise, if you haven't experienced the burnout where you break down and you're just crying and you can't do anything, it will hit you. And it will hit you really hard. And all of a sudden, you'll be out for a week instead of one day. And that, of course, in a profession is too much time to be out. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you just hit the nail on the head. And I really appreciate what you said about you know, self-care. Self-care is not always necessarily indulgence. Sometimes self-care is taking a shower or walking yeah. your pet or going for a walk. And I recently did this little CE thing. It's actually so my husband works at a, a pet crematory. And I work at the vet clinic. So we have this morbid joke that either way you get your pet back. So, but his company offers these CEs and you know, they have these little courses on compassion fatigue and on keeping yourself healthy, especially in such an emotional job. And one of the things was like in the last hour, have you walked this many steps? Have you drank water? Are you hungry? Do you need to pee? Like just things that you don't, it's basic care that sometimes you just forget about. Sometimes it's just also that extra hour in the day. If you're starting to feel burnt out, and obviously this is tough depending on the situation that you're in, you know, the relationship you have with your manager or your boss. But if you have the ability to catch yourself going into a place of burnout or compassion fatigue, and you have the ability to say, hey, listen, I'm not doing so well. You know, I think I need to come in late tomorrow. 
just taking your time in the morning, taking that hot shower, you know, getting yourself ready for the day and not having to rush out the door can also do wonders to prevent burnout so that you're not constantly on the go. Because burnout is really so focused on go, 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 go. So when you just completely stop or you're at a breaking point where you just can't go any further, it can be really detrimental to your health and not just your mental health. For somebody who has, I have a weak immune system myself and Every time I get really burnt out, I'll get really sick and I'll be out sick for a week. It's something that it's not just affecting your brain. It's affecting your body. It's affecting your heart. You know, you need to take time for yourself. And again, like you just said, if that's a shower, if that's taking time to walk your dogs, if that's whatever that is, just being away from work and just being with yourself. We lose ourselves in work. It's so easy to do that. And so you need to find a way at that point to just separate yourself from work just for a day, just for a couple hours and just find yourself again. And remember, you're not your job, but you make your job and you do your job so well because of who you are. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at myvetcandy.com. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Thank you so, 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 so much. What are some of your, because sometimes, you know, you're in the middle of a busy shift you can't, you know, like you've got either there's too much going on. You can't just excuse yourself for a few. What are some good coping mechanisms that you can do in a pinch? Oh, well, you know what? I'll actually tell you if you, again, if you're running around, you need a second and you only have a couple seconds. One of my favorite practices is actually, so there's two. So there's breathe in the flower, excuse me, blow out the candle. And so this is actually a breathing technique that you can do and do it three to five times. And it's where you're literally just breathing in the flower. So I'm going to do it with you right now. So would you go, and then blow out the candle. And it's the way that you're moving your mouth when you do that, even though it's funny, that it really does help calm you down and it helps just center yourself. I don't know about you. I know that was quick, but even I feel a little bit better after doing that. It's true. Yeah. You know what I do sometimes? And it started as a joke, but I kind of find that it helps. If someone's being mean to me or, you know, I'm just, I'm like just stressed and I'm dealing with people. I'll just do like a quick, like, And it started out as a joke, like, just because it was kind of a funny, like, I just need like a, and then it was like, oh, that that actually helped. Okay. I see why people do that now. And you know, the other thing too, is if you hold up your hand and you take your other finger on your other hand and you trace every time you go up, let's say nobody can see me right now, but I have my right hand up, my left, (laughs) my left finger, pointer finger. And what I'm going to do is every time I trace up on my finger, I'm going to breathe in. And anytime I trace down, I'm going to breathe out. So if we were to do it right now, we just go. And as you do that, you know, some of your fingers are longer than others. So you're taking in deeper breaths with others and it just helps bring you back to a center place. 
Exactly. It's mindfulness. Coming back to center is so important. And there's been days where I've had to go on my lunch and go do a five-minute guided meditation in my car, you know? There you go. That's a great way to cope, too, and and deal with day-to-day. It's so true, though. You know, also just being able, you mentioned the word mindfulness. Mindfulness really is a practice. And it's kind of, for lack of better words, it can be annoying to hear that because you're like, "Ah, I just want to be mindful already. You know, you don't want to go through the studying of being mindful. But The truth is that if you can get yourself to a point of self-awareness and mindfulness of yourself and your surroundings and your life, you're going to feel better about asking yourself, am I okay? And so I really recommend to anybody who wants to even start that journey, just ask yourself, why did I do that? What made me feel triggered? What made me feel that way? What could it be? Think about that. Am I okay? You know, these are the questions that you can have those inner dialogues with yourself about. It will help you as you're going through stuff. You know, right now, I actually, I'll publicly disclose this to you um, and all the listeners. I actually... Of course, I shared you my story of losing my friend, but I didn't realize how much trauma had really built up over the years from that experience and some other things that have happened in my life. And so I actually went to Zant and uh, the very app that we're talking about today, and I found a trauma specialist on there. And I've been seeing her and, you know, it's new for me. At the same time, it is a little scary, of course, because it's, you know, diving into trauma, diving into some scary parts of our, our life. And, you know, our psyche and how we react to things, but even having a moment where let's say she likes to use this example where, you know, maybe you burn your toast and all of a sudden, for some reason, you get so upset about that. That is our body and our mind's way of concealing trauma. Sure. And it's not that you've had traumatic experiences with burnt toast. Hopefully not. It's just that, you know, there are certain things that our, our minds react to And when that happens, I'm trying to teach myself mindfulness to say, why did that bother me so much? Why did I get so angry at that? Why did that irritate me? That happened to me the other day with a cup. Someone broke a cup and they were like, hey, I broke your cup. I was like, it's not my cup. And I'm like, why? Whoa, that's not a big deal. Why did I just get so defensive about that coffee cup? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to ask yourself that. And you know, very well could be you have, you know, kind of some different traumas that are built up in different ways and your brain and your body is just trying to react to it. So, you know, take care of yourself and taking care of yourself could be sitting down all day on the couch or going out for a day or going for a walk or a run or taking a couple hours in the morning, a little extra, not rushing to the next place. And it also could very well be asking yourself, am I okay? And it's okay if you're not okay. There's help. And you're not a bad person. And anyone listening, that's what I want you to take away from this. And if you have, it's okay too. But don't let it get to that point where you're going to kill yourself. You're going to really hurt yourself. There is help. And it's more accessible than ever. Thank you. Thank you, Maggie, for, for what you do and for helping all of these people. I just know that this is this is a priceless app. This is so important. This is so important for you know, veterinary field especially, but everybody. Thank you, Caitlin. And I really appreciate you having me on today to dive into this a little bit further and you know share my story, share your story. So thank you again for being vulnerable and being open and um, sharing that. And to anybody who needs support or is even just curious about it, we're a safe space. Download Zant, just check it out. You're not gonna waste time or money on it you know, see if you like somebody and message them or book a session or don't. 
but there is support and there is a resource out there that exists just for you. Absolutely. Just for you. And that's Z as in zebra, A-N-T, period. <laughs> like cognizant, right? Maggie, thank you so, so much for being here. I, I can't say it enough. And listeners, I'm sorry that you had to listen to me gush over the amazing Maggie Rose, but like she's amazing. And I understand if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is, but Zant, Zant is, is real and Zant can help you. And I'm so glad that you're here, listener, and I'm so proud of you. And I love you and you're great. And this world is better with you in it. So thank you. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you next time. It's Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.